Hello, I'm Rita Mystery and this is Healing Place, the podcast which explores people's stories of challenging times that have shaped their lives and led to change and healing. Today, I chat with Graham Todd. Todd is the director of Spaghetti Agency and an accomplished speaker who has worked with organizations worldwide. He is passionate about using the power of social media as a force for good. In this episode, Todd shares his inspiring journey from battling a hidden drinking addiction to becoming a viral TikTok sensation and a beacon of hope for thousands struggling with alcohol. He offers insights on how choosing to reclaim your health, relationships and purpose over alcohol can open a whole world of opportunities. Let's meet Todd. Thank you so much for joining me on Healing Place today, Todd. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. So what have you been up to? Oh, so much. Where do we start? I haven't seen you in the cave for a treatment <laughs> no. for a long time. So how have you been? Very well, thank you. Yeah, that's, um, yes, but we must go back in the cave sometime. Definitely, definitely. You've been on a bit of a journey and I really want mm. to sort of dive in and explore some of that. And I'd really like to start with um, young Todd say five to ten years old how were you what was life like being what was young Todd like young Todd was probably the kid at the back of the bus back of the science department and setting fire to Bunsen burners but I was a, I think I was a good person but I was just a typical boy I think mm-hmm. uh, without meaning to generalize so pretty average normal upbringing and yeah nothing major happened just I don't think school was really for me I liked it I got through it but I really wanted to, I think if I look back now at my younger self, I was like, yeah, you're one of the people I'd highlight as someone that's going to run their own business because you don't really fit in there. So I was always wanting to lead people. I was the sports captain, even though I wasn't that good at the sport. I was the senior prefect, even though I was a bit of a naughty boy. I tried to, I always <laughs> took the role of like trying to lead people. And now I've got my own team and, and I run events and things like that. It's like, yeah, that was always meant to be. It was almost predictable. So that's kind of, that was me really. I've always liked sport. I've always liked been uh, moving exercise um never really liked learning anything until i became a business owner and then all of a sudden you're like i've got loads to learn yeah. and now i'm on a massive journey of learning and self-discovery fantastic yeah when i when i see you todd because obviously we've known each other for some time i just see a lot of energy you have a lot of energy so i can imagine young todd would have been that person oh, yeah i'm one of three boys i was talking to my parents over christmas actually and they were sort of sharing stories as they do, and it just sounded like a nightmare having me as a son <laughs> constantly running around all the time. But do they still think that about you now? No, I took them to the airport this morning. Now I'm not a nightmare. I'm now a taxi driver. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are a good son, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, so you said you didn't really enjoy school life, and you said you found yourself potentially leading. What, tell us a little bit about your career and how you've gone on to then become an entrepreneur and set up Spaghetti Agency. And, and tell us a little bit about Spaghetti Agency because it's it's pretty incredible what you're doing right now. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of semi chuckling because you called it a career, and I don't see it as a career. <laughs> I see it as a, uh, a like a a chain of mistakes and um, accidental ones. And not that I ever tried to do it and failed. It just sort of happened, you know, sort of bumbled along, really. I finished school with average grades and did half a sick form, got bored, got a job with my mate and earned cash in hand for a few years. I, it just wasn't really a career. Um, university and college and stuff was never really my ideal um, thing. If you'd have asked me when I was six, I've got a six-year-old daughter now, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So... 
I bumbled along really. I've worked in petrol stations. I got a job working for a wine merchant. I worked with them for 11 years. That was brilliant. Driving a van, delivering wine, drinking a lot of wine. Um, and it was about 2010 when, I think that's probably when we connected. That's right. That I started using Twitter for that wine merchant. I sort of came across this tool called Twitter, which is obviously now called X. And there was another wine merchant there. He asked me, how's business? And, and I said, oh, it's, you know, I think it's okay. But I wasn't a business owner at the time, so I didn't have the kind of script of, um, you know, business is great. We've got something. I just sort of said, it's a bit of a struggle. You know, people aren't um, coming into our shop. I'm a bit concerned about website sales. And he said, oh, you should use Twitter. Twitter's a really, really good looking tool. You could get a lot of traffic from it. And I just took his word for it. Uh, turns out he didn't really use Twitter and he had no idea how to do digital marketing. But it, that conversation, which I didn't see coming, set me on the trajectory of digital marketing, which is what I now do. And, and I just got really, really into Twitter. I loved it. I loved and And once again, I seem to do this a lot in my life. I became the leader of a community. We set yeah. up Warwick Tweetup, which I yes, think where we met. That's right. Had a business, 300 businesses that all should network online. And it just I just accidentally do that all the time wherever I go. So, uh, so Twitter sort of opened a, a portal, if you like, into a new world for me. This little iPhone 3 and in between doing deliveries, I was chatting to business owners and and yeah that, that's that was a huge huge moment in my life so when you call it a career it was a massive fluke <laughs> who knows what would have happened if i hadn't gone to that wine tasting it, i wasn't even supposed to be there my boss was pauline one of those moments that everyone's got one of those moments and i've had several of those in my life i've got goosebumps talking about it so it's wow. clearly an important one mm. um and now yeah now i've got a team of people and clients all over the world and it's just it's crazy it's crazy to think that's happened but it did and it's your passion, isn't it? Yeah. Social media, you just love it. In fact, your handle is, is it still social media, Todd? Yeah, on most yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, it's, I just, I see social media and I see the kickback people give social media and, and I absolutely agree it's not good for young people to be scrolling all the time. I absolutely agree it's not good for us all to be consuming as much content, but there's so much but power for social media and so many things you can do and there's this there's young kids now earning multiple millions of pounds in their bedrooms off an idea they've had and we've got access to all this information to the world to, to connect it's brilliant and i've always been very passionate about the positive side of social media yeah. um yes i've had negative comments online yes sometimes i regret what i put on there yes i've got a digital footprint which i may look back on and think oh whatever but i'm more i'm optimistic and i'm looking at it saying it's a great opportunity we'd never have connected this That's conversation right. would never have happened if it wasn't for twitter my, my partner joe who we both know yeah. i met her on twitter we're now together we got divorced we got together we have a six and a half year old daughter because she'll always correct me she's six and a half not six <laughs> and no, oh, I just think, wow, all of these things happen because I signed up to Twitter.com in 2010. And it, that, that I've never, ever stopped sharing that story because it is important that people understand that social media and the internet is just it's human race changing. It's, it's changed so much. And AI, obviously, the next thing to come along will do the same. And I just think it's there's opportunities, good and bad in all things. And I'm very passionate and excited about the opportunities social media gives us. Brilliant, yeah. Like you, I think it has got a very positive side to it and, and it has that potential to connect us like we've met and met lots of different people through it but it's that dark side and it's just ha knowing how to manage that and speaking of social media you've recently been a bit of a hit on tiktok 
a TikTok sensation. And there's a whole story behind that where you're now a, a role model to so many people. You're helping so many people, which shows the power of social media. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about this story of your TikTok influencing that you're doing? <laughs> I'm too old to be a TikTok influencer. I'm 45. <laughs> it's just never, children. You're never too old to do anything. No, this is true. Okay, thank you for correcting me. Um, I should probably start somewhere near the beginning of this. So when you asked me what young Todd was like, by the time I got to 15, 15 in the 1990s was about going to clubs and drinking alcohol. Uh, never went down the drugs route, thankfully. But I really got into drinking. Um, and so from the age of 15 up until a few years ago, that was what I liked to do. That was almost my hobby at some point. It was, it was drinking. So I think when my daughter was born, we had like terrible sleep deprivation. I mean, before we, we hit uh, record on the podcast, we were talking about how important sleep is, and we'll probably get into that. But for three and a half years, I had sleep deprivation. My daughter slept for two two hours at a time. But even then, I still managed to find time to drink. I, I still drank before knowing full well I was going to get a horrendous night's sleep. So for three and a half years, my health and everything deteriorated because of sleep, but also because I continued to get drunk on my own. Um, and re- I really, really just hid with drinking and it's only now looking back I realized how how much of my life I was kind of medicating by drinking I was by you know I wasn't as I always say in order to respect to people who sit on park benches with brown paper bags but I wasn't doing that I wasn't mm-hmm. that far um but I was I was hiding from responsibilities decisions life and the real me through alcohol so um the the TikTok thing is now I'm now sharing what life is like now I've quit. I'm two and a half years sober. Um, I quit because I've had a realization. I had a moment. I was like, "This isn't. This isn't what I want for my life anymore." Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm using social media, TikTok in particular, to share all of because there's so many. Honestly, this you could do a, a hundred series podcasts on the benefits of tick, of of removing social media, and I could sit here and reel them all out. There are so many benefits mm-hmm. to getting rid of alcohol. Um, I'm by no means anti-alcohol, although every time I say that, I'm like, I'm getting close to being anti-alcohol because yeah. <laughs> it's really changed my life. So, so, yeah, so TikTok has been a channel where I decided, as a little experiment, let's just see if people want to listen to this. And mm-hmm. it turns out they do. And I've gone far and I've been all over the world with stories, you know, not personally, but with content online. And, yeah, we've got um, national press this month. Uh, it's crazy. People really do want to listen to it. And I do think there's a shift in the in the in the the thought around alcohol and i listened to a podcast the other week and i can't think it was so i can't credit them for it but they said in a few years time we'll look back on alcohol as we do on smoking now we'll see it as a real why are you doing that whereas at the moment yeah i know you're you're a non-drinker too you're kind of seen as weird and boring and unusual and all you know as a female sometimes like are you pregnant why aren't you drinking whereas i think in five six years time it'll be like well, it's, it's just the, going to be more normal to not drink more of the norm so just going back to your drinking and sort of coming off it completely because you're teetotal right now yeah. aren't you what was going on in the run-up to sort of realizing that you had lost control over your relationship with alcohol i mean how much were you drinking and how often so i was binge drinking um i think one of the first signs i was, I was on social media and i saw a guy he's a hypnotist mm. and he he posted to say he was I don't know like four years sober, and I was like, I think I want to stop drinking. So I reached out to him, messaged him, and said, "How did you get sober?" He said, "Oh, I hypnotised myself." So oh. I had a conversation about I didn't realise you could hypnotise yourself. This is kind of cool. And then I said, "Could you hypnotise me to stop drinking?" And he said, "Yeah, absolutely good." And I said, "Could you hypnotise me to stop drinking just for a few days a week, not all of them?" So <laughs> even then, I was like backing out of it just in that conversation. But anyway, it worked. He. He did hypnosis over FaceTime on, on my smartphone. And 
I quit drinking Monday to Friday, but only at 4.30 p.m. And then I started drinking. But it actually made it worse because I then binge drank the whole weekend. All as soon, Literally at 4.27 p.m. on a Friday, I was at the pub and I would drink at 4.30. Right. And I'd get as much in as possible before I went home to be at home and do bedtime with my daughter. And then I'd drink when she went to bed. And then I'd drink the next day. And then I'd plan my entire weekend around being able to pop to the pub here and there without people realizing mom is a very secret habit it was something mm. i which is why i've been very public about it now because i sort of hid most of it mm. people didn't see me as a drinker like oh i didn't think you had a problem it's like well you didn't see what i was doing you didn't see the spare fridge i've got in my garage full of beer you didn't see the the drinks i was having in between i'm just going to the toilet in between netflix and having another glass of wine that wasn't known about i was very secretive about it and that was when i realized there's an issue here because i'm actually hiding it from everyone now mm. um and it was my go. It was my go-to for everything, but it was my go-to when times got tough. And uh, with alcoholics in my family, I'm sure most people can resonate with this. You've got someone in your family that has a problem with alcohol, someone that's unfortunately passed away too soon because of alcohol. I could see my future, and I was like, I don't want that future anymore. So I think that's when I realised it. It took months and months and months after taking the action from it, but it was just a seed that dropped in there. Um, and then one day at an event in London, a business event of all things. Someone did a keynote speech. His name's Ed Myler, actually. He's an American coach, huge, mm-hmm. huge on YouTube. And he told a story of his father, who was alcoholic, and how the effect it had on his family. And it hit me like a sledgehammer. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's me in a few years' time. And I, just, I quit right there. And then I was, I'd never drank ever again since that moment from a, a streamed-in post-COVID keynote, you know, and, it, yeah. and that was it. It's just the right thing at the right time. Wow. So when you were drinking sort of secretly, how many, I mean, how many units were you having a week, would you say? Were you even counting or did you lose count? Oh, this was before my fitness pal came into my life, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it was, I'd easily drink four pints in an hour on a Friday. I'd go home and drink four cans. It was not unusual for me to drink two bottles of wine whilst I was cooking dinner. Um, I could cope with it and I I was what I'd call a good drinker. I could Mm. drink a lot of drink and still you know, do things, hold conversations up. It occasionally went wrong. I'd black out and I'd been to hospital a few times. I'd had accidents. I'd, I'd maneuvered my car when I was drunk and broken it. You know, it was, wasn't really class as drink driving, but I moved my car when I was really, really drunk. I'd done a few silly things, but I wasn't like, it wasn't a catalog of events. Most of it I managed, which I think is, it's possibly the most dangerous thing about alcohol. You can mm-hmm. exist. I was a functioning alcoholic. I was able to drink, run a business, have a child that only slept for two and a half hours a night. My partner just put up with me and I was functioning. It was only when I quit a few weeks, months later that Joe, my partner said to me, one more episode and we were done. Yeah. Which means because I'm a partner in business with my partner, it means my business was done. And because I live with Joe, it would have been my, my home life was done, but my relationship with my daughter is done. And I've already got a relationship in the past with a child that I'm no longer with the mother. And I'm like, I didn't realize how close I was. So I think alcohol just without realizing, unless you really, really have an honest conversation with yourself and look at it, you don't realize how how uh, damaging and how poisonous it really is. And not from a poisonous substance level, a poisonous thing within your life. And it's, I feel so grateful that for some random reason, I actually listened to someone on a Zoom screen yeah. in, a, in a room in a Hilton in London and took action because mm. it's, I say this a lot to people on TikTok, especially partners. Like if your partner's got a problem with alcohol and you tell them, 
that ain't going to go well because they're going to protect that habit. That habit's ingrained. It's part of their identity. So Joe would have had that difficult conversation with me and it wouldn't have ended well. You know, it would have dug it in even deeper. Had to, had to come from me. Yeah. Um, so she's amazing. She's stood by me all these years and now she's getting the benefits of a version 2.0, as I call myself now. Um, but <laughs> it's, so, yeah. it was a lot of binging, a lot of binging, drinking all the time, constantly. Mm. And I designed my life around it. And it was mm. when I realized that that's what I was doing. Mm. Like, it's just a drink. Like, why? have I done that that's when I realized it sounds like alcohol was controlling you rather than yeah. you were in control of the alcohol so when you had this realization of right I don't want this for my life going forward what steps did you start to take to get yourself off the alcohol how I mean that must have been quite hard to do and what support did you have yeah well when I decided I quit there and then in a seat in a conference room and on the way home in the, on the motorway, I had my friend Andrew with me, I was giving him a lift back. I was listening to him, but not really listening to him. You know, no, you're yeah, not really yeah, listening to someone. I'm processing something else. And, I, and we got to Junction 3, pulled over, got something to eat. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I've, I've done it. So that was it. That's not going to help anyone because that's not actually it. That's not how I quit drinking. How I quit drinking was months, months and years before that, listening to myself and being like, I do have a problem. Maybe this, maybe that, trying a few things. My habits online changed. I started watching slightly different things, which is why I now give back to social media with my TikTok channel. I'm so honest on there yeah. because I'm like, something someone said somewhere helped me there and helped me there. There was podcasts, there were mindset podcasts, business podcasts, books, and every now and then they'd mention that they don't drink. Yeah. Or that alcohol did this, or it affects your vibration here, or if you check your aura, it does this. You know, whether yeah. I believe it or not, I was like, this thing about alcohol is affecting so many things. Mm. And so I can't highlight one thing, but it was, if I wanted to put it into a package, it's personal development. I was in business, I still am in business, and I was listening to all of these great things. And there's this common theme that successful people don't drink. Mm. And it became my mantra. And it's what I said to myself for months after I quit, successful people don't drink. And now I've changed it slightly to successful people don't drink like I used to, because obviously... <laughs> Richard Branson probably has a glass or two. Yeah. But going back to my wine days, I always remember vividly trying to top up the father of the bride at the wedding. And, and the key to, a, to wet catering is what we did, is make sure the bill payers always got a drink because they'll assume everyone else has got a drink. And that was our kind of, that was our, our aim. That was our key man, make sure that person's topped up. That person was notoriously difficult to top up mm. because that person was usually high society wedding, very successful. They didn't drink. They drank, but they didn't drink like I used to drink. So this kind of theme of successful people don't drink really resonated. And I want to be successful, don't we all? And for yeah. me, it just seemed to be the obvious thing to do. And do, do you know what? It's worked. <laughs> <laughs> so what does success look like for you? Being in control of what I want. And alcohol gave me too many ways out. I wanted more clarity. I wanted more connection. I wanted more energy. Like who doesn't want more energy? Yeah, absolutely. Where does energy come from? Well, looking after this, this bag of bones you walk around in and filling it with alcohol doesn't work. Uh, my sleep is hugely improved now. And I, I relate that to everything, really. My health is so much better. Um, you know, we've just lived through some weird times with health. Yeah, yeah. And I've not been ill. You know, I got ill like everyone else got ill, but for three days instead of a week. And yeah. I've not been ill since. And I'm like, I'm putting it all down to, to removing that from my life because everything else has improved from it. Yeah, it's it's a powerful substance and it's powerful to remove it. And I just think the dangerous thing about alcohol is we can look out there now and someone's drinking it. It's quite normal, whatever you, time of day it is it to really drink it. It really is. And, and, you know, 
I was going to say it's very ingrained in our society. Mm. And like you, I mean, I stopped drinking three years ago. And I didn't drink very much anyway. It was only very uh, on social occasions, but it just didn't agree with me. I literally had three glasses of Prosecco and I was sick for three days and it was triggering hot flushes and it was interfering with my sleep. And I've just noticed since then, sometimes when I've been out at social events, I've had a a bit of a negative reaction from time Mm. to time, almost like you're being shamed for not drinking. Like, well, how do you have fun then? Isn't that a bit boring? So what what's your view on that? Do you, have you had any negative reactions? Oh, this is going to trigger people, me. So are you sure we want me to answer this question? Oh, you know, we have to be <laughs> honest here because the thing is, this is what happens in society. Look, we're all free to make our own choices. Mm. There's no right or wrong or good or bad. Um, but if people choose not to drink, then they should also be mm. shamed for uh, see, choosing their well-being. I agree. The, I totally agree. It's people's decision. The thing is, when you tell people you don't drink and they ask you, is it boring? What do you do instead? What's wrong with you? Do you have an illness that means you can't drink? Or you're a woman, you must be pregnant. Are you trying to lose weight? They want to look for a reason that isn't alcohol just isn't a good thing anymore. Because what you're actually saying to them is, you know the thing you're doing, I disagree with that thing that you're doing. Because that's I, I take a lot of ownership now. And if someone annoys me, I'm like, they don't annoy me. Something within them annoys me about myself. And I'm constantly looking at myself like that all the time. So with alcohol, because I did this for myself, I, you protect it. It's a decision you've made and you protect it. It's a bit like when you buy something and you know inside, oh, I shouldn't have really bought that. But you back up the decision with logic. Oh, yeah, but it was on offer and it was a really good thing. And I'll, I'll definitely use that. And I've got a better car now, so I'll feel better when I drive it. You're trying to back up a decision that you know wasn't really a great decision. So when I tell people I don't drink and I get pushback from it, I it's actually quite helpful and healthy for me to say they're not attacking me. Yeah. They're questioning their own, they're questioning themselves. And it's really interesting on TikTok to see that play out because most of my comments are people that have quit drinking or want to quit drinking or are sober curious. And so it doesn't go down very well when they do that to me on TikTok. And I just don't need to go back to them. But it's very, there's, the, the words are very common. It's boring. Um, what do you do? You know, there's nothing wrong with it. And they're, they're like, there's nothing wrong with alcohol. And I said, I can find studies all over the world that say that there is, but there's no point in me doing that because that's not what you're saying. You're saying, I want to continue drinking or I don't want to continue drinking and you've annoyed me by leaving (laughs) this community of drinkers. So I think, you know, when you come out, which is what I feel like I've done and say I don't drink anymore, I've been incredibly public about it. I don't think I've had the pushback most people have. Mm. I think a lot of people will get, if you don't tell people that you've quit drinking and you go out to a pub and someone says, can I get you a drink? And you say, no, firstly, you're rejecting their present and their gift to you. So you're rejecting them, right? Which is kind of weird to say, but you are. And then you have to come up with some garbled excuse why. Some people make an excuse. And I think it's all about being honest and saying, it wasn't serving me. I removed it from my life. I feel so much better. And have a conversation, which is what I have now, like we're having now is, wow, this sounds like a good thing rather than, oh my God, you're so boring, which is what a lot of people on on social media tell me they have. But I... I don't know whether I meant to do this or whether I foresaw it or whatever, but I went out super public early on to say, I've done this thing. I ain't going back on this decision. Here's my reasons why you can feel free to take the pee out of me, but please support me. And within 24 hours, a friend of mine sent me 24 cans of beer in the post, alcohol-free beers. And it is to this day the greatest thing ever. So Michael, if you're listening, it was a really, really important thing he did because he listened to everything in that post. He supported me. He took the piss at the same time. It was a brilliant present. Um, 
But you are saying to other people, that choice, that habit you've got, I disagree with it. And that's why I think people push back. And I think there probably is an element of feeling guilty. It's almost like they probably know it's not serving them well and they would yeah. like to do something about it how could they not but they don't necessarily <laughs> know how to or necessarily have the control to do so so yes it's probably i mean and then the thing is everybody's relationship with alcohol is different mm -hmm. and their history with it is different and their exposure to it is is different so yeah and some people are dependent on it for some Abs people absolutely it it's not it's not an easy thing to do it's a very much an inside job um we're in the middle of dry january as we record this my every video to, uh, this month for me and from tiktok is about dry january and i keep saying to people this is not a willpower thing you know the 10th or the 11th of january most people quit all of their news resolutions good news if you're in the gym it's going to get quieter next week you know because they're approaching it with willpower it is not a willpower thing the front of your brain is not strong as the back of your brain your back of your brain has got control over the front of your brain right <laughs> you can't just say i'm going to do this thing because dave over the road's doing it i went within deep within and was like why am i drinking and i linked it to memories from a child being happy with my grandparents we were yeah. always in pubs we were always on canal boat holidays camping holidays there were such great times. They're not with me anymore. Both of them died. My grandfather was an alcoholic. There was a reason we were in pubs. There was a reason there was alcohol everywhere. They weren't terrible grandparents. They were amazing grandparents. Mm. I had a fantastic childhood. That's my happiness. So every time I drank, every time I went to the pub, every time I hid, every time I had a sneaky beer, I was linked. I've got goosebumps, but look yeah, at my hair. Yeah. And I was linking back to my grandfather. I've got goosebumps everywhere now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, that's what I was doing. You can't beat that with willpower if you don't know that's what you're doing. Once you know what you're doing, mm. then you'll be like, this isn't what I'm doing now, though. Mm. I haven't planned my entire Saturday around going to three pubs on the way whilst I pretend I'm doing chores around the house. Going to the tip meant going to the pub at the same time, but Joe didn't know about it. That's not linked to my grandfather camping. It's just it's weirdly linked. So, no, don't approach it with willpower. Do some deep diving. Do some personal development. Talk to yourself. <laughs> work it out. Yeah. So how did you go about doing that? Did you write a journal or did you just talk to yourself in the mirror, ask questions? Well, uh, how, how, what's your process for I, deep diving? I use social media for journaling. I find it really accountable. I call it accountable journaling. So maybe three or four days after I quit, I was like, all right, cool. I'm definitely serious. I'm brave enough to put it on social now. And I, I'm not actually that brave. I put anything on social media. You know that. You follow me. I'll put yeah. anything on there, right? <laughs> uh, if you follow me in 2020, you have my view of the government for sure. But I, I just put it on there. And then I just started talking about it and the benefits of it. And whenever I saw a benefit to sleep, my skin, my eyes, my weight, my health, my gym, and, and all the other things that came out of it, I talk about it and I shared really long form posts, basically like a journal on social mm. media. So yes, I did journaling, just not in the traditional sense. Um, about a week after I quit drinking, I joined up with an online personal trainer who ironically I met at the same event where I quit. I oh. feel like the two worlds came together there. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So um, I met Nathan there and he's been, a. I think that accountability that he offers with his fitness training has really helped. So with journaling and accountability, support community, very similar to what you'd do if you went down the route of the AA. It, it, there's lots of those elements in that. Yeah. Um, it's been important. But I, I, I always repeat back to the point that you've got to do some quite difficult conversations with yourself and just admit that actually I wasn't happy. I was stressed. I wasn't dealing with things. I was hiding from difficult. Whenever Joe and I had a disagreement in the house, I'd leave and go to the pub rather than stay and have the difficult conversation. How many difficult conversations did I avoid just because I was like, oh, we're probably going to fall out of each other. I'll go and have 10 minutes down the pub while you calm down. I wasn't doing that for Joe at all. I just didn't realize it. At the time, it felt like the right thing to do. But now I look back and go, 10 years, lots of difficult conversations I avoided. 
our, de- our relationship hasn't grown as like it could have done. And, and that's just one example of millions of things that I probably missed, mm. didn't do. It's interesting how when we are faced with discomfort, whether it's in a relationship or at work, sometimes it's easy to push it away, put it under the carpet, or turn to something that's unhealthy uh, to numb us from that mm-hmm. discomfort. And, you know, many people do that without that sort of realisation. It's just easier to. So taking that deep dive, sitting with that difficulty is challenging, but it's a brave thing to do. But it does help you to sort of move forward. And it doesn't necessarily have to be journaling. It could be talking to somebody. It could just be going out for a walk, reflecting, just finding an outlet where you mm. can sit with that discomfort, let it surface. And, and like you say, you've been saying a lot about self-inquiry that you've been doing. And as a therapist, we really encourage that um, for our patients and clients to sit with that discomfort, go through this process of self-inquiry. Because when you get to the root of what is actually bothering you, what is this problem here? We can mm. start addressing it. And things may not fix Uh, or get better immediately or straight away but it's a process rather than just sticking a plaster on a wound which sometimes doesn't really get to solving the problem yeah and and push you forward and alcohol is a plaster i think it's a plaster for a lot of people and do you know sometimes it's a good plaster sometimes you do need to limit some stress at occasion give yourself a bit of a break i get that but when you do it all the time which means you're never dealing with the problem. That problem isn't going away. And unless you get to the root of the problem, like they always say about a tree, you know, you can spray the fruit, but unless you water the roots properly, your fruit's always going to be rubbish. You know, you've got to look at the root cause. And, and that is what I did eventually. And, it, and, it's, and it's, it's honestly changed my life. And I don't say that lightly. It has mm-hmm. changed. I am a completely different person than I was two and a half years ago in all areas of my life. Like everything I do is different. And it's, it's fascinating to see. But it's just unlocked a different a different version of me, whether that's because I eat better, go to the gym, sleep better, whatever it is, all of these multiple things that have happened. The conversations I have, like, do you know what? Everything, every single part of my day is not different because I don't drink. All of really? it. Really? All of it. You wouldn't have invited me on here. True. But you know, all, everything about my day today is different because of drinking. Everything. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. If this, and this doesn't have to be about drink, by the way. This could be something in your life that you're doing all the time, gaming, gambling, cheating driving too fast i don't know what what is what is it you do you think it's not really serving me i wonder what happened if you stopped doing it i wonder what your life would be like Mm. that's really interesting because i think it does give you a sense of clarity when you stop doing these things and you've talked a lot about clarity today Mm. and actually sat here opposite you i see the clarity in your eyes in your skin you look different to, you know, I last time I saw you was pre-COVID. Yeah. not saying you didn't look good. i not saying you look <laughs> That awful. is what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but you really, do, you have this glow. And I think when you do that in a work, it, you do look mm. differently, don't yeah, you? you do. You feel different about yourself. And uh, it's clearly showing, not just physically, but in, in all the, the conversation as well. Mm. And I think that's what I wanted, really, when I said successful people don't drink. You know, when you meet someone that's really successful someone on stage you speak to a speaker that's just been on stage talking to thousands of people and you meet them it's like wow like i was at the back of a hotel after stephen bartlett spoke and i was next to him i was like there's something about that type of person that's really successful it's kind of like some energy thing and i was like i want that i want that what is that and you look at all these successful people and they 
all go to the gym and they all look after their health and they all look at their sleep and they track all their health data and they're like, yeah, that's what I want, but I could not do it if I was down the pub all the time. I just couldn't do <laughs> Absolutely it. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've talked about the gym a lot because I know you, you, <laughs> is that is that your new thing now? Is that, And are you one of these 5 a.m. I've got to be in the gym? I am. People? I am an all in kind of person. I'm all in or I'm all out. And the, I'm all into the gym. Like, I go in my ice bath in the morning. I get up at 4.45am in my ice bath. I go to the gym. Your ice bath. Sorry, I had to interrupt. Your ice bath. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit more about this ice bath. Oh, this is like a common trend now, isn't it? But there's a lot of research behind it. Um, and I have no idea whether it gives you a dopamine hit 2x times the same as cocaine over a month. So I don't know if any of that stuff is true. I feel better for doing it. But there's yeah. so many things I'm doing, I can't relate it to that. I do it because I don't want to do it. Who wants right. to get up at 4.45am and get in an ice bath of cold water in their pants? No one wants to do that. No one in this world wants to do that. Everything in your brain, every single day, and I've been doing it for months now, everything in my brain says, nah, let's skip today. We could, and actually, I've skipped today so far because I took my parents to the airport early, but I'll do it when I get home. And I do it because I don't want to do it because that battle of my mind gives me the control that I'm looking for. Because right. um, the gym, I love the gym now. And mm. I go and I, I do 30 minutes on the Stairmaster, which most people think is hell. I lift weights, I do deadlifts, I do I do all of the things. I'm looking after my body and I'm eating chicken and rice every day and I'm drinking protein shakes, taking vitamins. And most people are like, oh, I couldn't be bothered with that. Like, I just find this easy. So yeah. I'm looking for hard all the time. I'm looking for things I don't want to do. And the ice bath is horrible. Like last night when I had to break ice to get into the ice bath because it had a layer of ice on top of it, I was like, this is not comfortable. And that, But that's why I do it. <laughs> I'm going to try it. It's so amazing. I'm going to try it. I absolutely cannot stand the cold. No one can. And I don't want to do it. So Everything in your it. mind is going to say, me to do not get in here. And then when you get in there, it's going to say, me to get out now. Yes. And that's why you should do it because this kind of survival thing kicks in in your body mm. and after about 30 40 seconds and it's obviously going to be a personal thing you build this kind of warm jacket of water around you and you realize your body's heating the water up and you realize heat's leaving your body and your brain's getting more oxygen you can't help but meditate and breathe properly it's such a great experience but it's horrible at the same yeah. time <laughs> <laughs> i love it no that's that's got to be done absolutely so going back to the alcohol you must have saved so much money by not <laughs> if not ask me this question <laughs> Where's the money? <laughs> Joe asked me this question. Where's all the cash? Where is it? What do you, what, what you been, oh, are you spending it on a holidays? I or? got an app when I quit drinking called, I think it's called I Am Sober. And you put in there, the day you quit, the hours. And then it asks you, how much did you drink? And what would you, how much do you think you used to spend? And you know, like when you go to a doctor and they say, how much do you drink? Can you lie? I put that figure in there and I thought, well, I ought to put the real figure in there. So I sort of added up from a normal weekend when it was fresh in my mind. And I thought oh, I was probably about that much. So I, I, I put it down as like seven pounds a day. Now it's probably a lot more than that, right? <laughs> but I factored it into not pub prices. I put it down to shopping at the co-op prices, yeah. which I used to go in a lot. I was, do you know what? The co-op, when the co-op opened in my house, yeah. this is how bad I was. I was so excited. I live streamed from in the co-op. I was like, this has changed my life. <laughs> Because I could get more alcohol. But I was actually talking oh. about the cakes and the biscuits. And I was like, this is where I can get more alcohol. Um, so I factored it in with that. I think I've saved about six grand. So you can probably double that to about 12 grand. I don't know where it is. I think I've spent it on protein shakes, vitamins, gym memberships, Gymshark, whatever. I've just, yeah. it's gone. But that's what happens. But it's definitely gone to a better place. Yeah. So you swapped it for a, a healthy hit of dopamine, which is, is great. It's a healthy addiction. I'm all in on it. I, yeah. I, I know to say you're addicted to the gym is a weird thing to, to say, but... I had a day off the other week. Like I never have rest of the days. And uh, I felt terrible. 
I was not myself for the day. And so I have to go. I have to go every day. And everyone in my team, in my family knows. My family knew this morning. Like I took my family to the airport two hours early this morning because they knew I had to go to the gym before I to take to the airport. Everyone knows. This is non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym. This is now my my oxygen. It's like my IV drip. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have it, you ain't getting the version 2.0, Todd. You're getting the other one. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's- I, I think it boils down to an element of control again and that routine and predictability mm. and stability. And when you've been so out of control in terms of your relationship with alcohol, and then once you feel that sense of control over your life and your body, your mind, your emotions... And that one thing, whether it's the gym or if it's going out for a walk, if it gives you that stability and that feeling of I'm in control of something here, Mm. then why would you not do it? Because your brain loves that. Our brains love stability and predictability. Um, So, yeah, if it works for you, why not? It's given me this incredible routine. And my morning routine might be pure hell for someone else, Mm. but it's my morning routine. Absolutely. And one size does not fit all. If it works for you, then that's great. Mm. Somebody else might find, you know, meditating is some, something for yeah. them, or they may find getting up later. It doesn't matter. It's it's about finding the healthy habits that work for you. So instead of having a drink, maybe you could swap that with going for a walk or listening to some music, maybe joining a book club. If, if you are relying on drinking because it gets you out of the house and it makes you more social mm-hmm. and it's a way of socializing, there are other ways to socialize, aren't there? Exactly. I mean, it's like I had this conversation with several people on TikTok this week where they were talking about how people always ask me have you lost friends and the answer is yes I've lost friends I've lost friends that were drinking friends were they really friends yeah but I went to get community to have conversations with human beings we all like that I think it's you'll probably agree with this it's good for your health to be around people absolutely and so that's a good thing for alcohol. Pubs are amazing things, yeah. community. But you can go to a pub and not drink alcohol. I do it all the time. Well, there's so many non-alcoholic yeah. drinks now, aren't there? Yeah. Do, do you drink them? No, to start with, I didn't. I get asked this question a lot. Should I use alcohol-free drinks to help me get over drinking? And I'm always like, well, be careful of just swapping it straight away because they taste exactly the same. And they're mm. so good. <laughs> and I can't believe how good they are. So for... My friend sent me those 24 cans of alcohol-free lager to start with. Thankfully, he chose some horrendous alcohol-free beer from, from Amazon, and they tasted like yuck. So I didn't get into them. But now, on occasion, and it's, do you know what? Even now, two and a half years on, as public as I am about this, as, as, as I don't know, as a, an ambassador for sobriety as I am, sometimes I just want to hide and have a pretend beer. So I'll, I'll have an alcohol-free beer. No one asks any questions. Sometimes I don't want to talk about being sober and I just want to be a normal person yeah, in inverted commas. So they are really, really useful for that. Um, but the fact is these beers, these alcohol-free beers, wines, gins, proseccos, they're, they're everywhere now, yeah. more so than they are. And it's not just my echo chamber, reticular activator. I've looked into it. There are more and more and more. It's a growing market. So there is a shift. The manufacturers of all these alcohol companies are seeing it. Um, and as I said earlier, I think I think in a few years' time, we'll look back on alcohol and realize it's like smoking was many years ago. Yeah. It was a mistake. We, we, we all do it because it's normal. But my son, he's 17 going on 18. His generation don't drink. He's- I've noticed that with my daughter's generation as well. They're m- much more health conscious. Gen yeah. Z, Gen Z, yeah, yeah. a lot more health conscious. I think that's because of the internet, you know? Mm. I think it's because of content like this. Yeah. I think it's because of YouTube. I think it's because of the influencers the same age as them. And, you know, most of the podcasters I listen to are a little bit younger than me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're all health conscious. And, yeah. and, you know, like 
I, I go to the gym very, very early in the morning because it's my morning routine. But secondly, because if you go in the afternoon, it's just full of people hanging around. But they're not hanging around in gyms, not pubs. What a great mm. place to hang around. Exactly. Annoying for me. It just wants to work out, by the way. But, <laughs> but, it's, but it's a great thing to do. Yeah, My son's a daily gym goer too. And he's 17, he goes to the gym every single day. Great. Amazing. It is, it's, it's a wonderful habit to have, I think. Mm. So in terms of social events, if you know there's going to be a lot of drink involved, do you just decline or do you go and let people know that I'm not going to be drinking or just everyone just know anyway? How do you manage that temptation because you must mm. be tempted sometimes surely I, I i miss drinking like i miss the escape i do miss the drunk feeling i miss the the, the two pints in drunk feeling when you just get a little yeah. bit drunk and you can never get that back i miss that um i haven't found a way to replace that so yeah when i go out sure i see i lose the conversation because you go in there and you're all sober because people our age don't pre-drink. <laughs> we go there and have our first drink in the bar. Yeah. And like what I Cree- used to do. They have crease. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't get drunk at home and then go out and save money. We go out and have the drink at the bar. Um, so when you get there, you're all the same. But then slowly but surely, you're not on the same level as these people. They're mm-hmm. in a different world to you. Um, someone asked me the other day, would you have quit in your 30s? That would have been harder. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 45 now. Life is a bit slower. 10 o'clock is definitely late for me now. So that <laughs> kind of world's different. But I'd, initially, I avoided it. I avoided going out. Um, the worst experience I had is um, not far from here, actually in Warwick, there was an open air festival. It was an Ibiza-themed orchestral type rave oh, yes. type thing, right? You know yes, the one. Yes, I know the one. And for years, when I was a drinker, I was like, oh, we've got to go to that. It looks amazing. My type of music. Never actually went to Ibiza, but I used to go clubbing every weekend. I was right on the dance floor. I used to love it. I had my own little podium everything. I was yeah. like, proper into it. Spiky blue hair. Loved it. And I was like, I would love that. I would love that space. And then we finally got tickets for it. When I was sober, I was like, it's going to be amazing. Love the music. I hated it. I stood at the edge, the far edge, like close to the security guards. I did not want to be in there. Joe annoyed me drunk. A miserable old, I was like Victor Meldry. Oh, gosh. I was picking on everything. I had about four coffees. I was like, what is, oh, and I hated it. I hated yeah. it. I did a TikTok video about it the next day, trying to get my thoughts together. And some people, someone said to me, like, you might just not have ever liked it. You just like drinking. And it was a real moment where I was like, maybe there's lots of things in my life I don't actually like. I just like drinking. So I go there to drink, but I actually just like the drinking. I'm not sure if that's physically true, strictly true for the festivals, but I am going to go back because I'm all about that, right? It's my new ice bath. It's like, I'm going to go back and that horrible, awkward feeling, I've got to get through it. Um, So initially I avoided it. Now I don't. I'll go out. I look forward to it. But I kind of wear it like a badge of honor now. Like so many people know I'm sober now. And they're like, oh, what are you having, Todd? Live and soda and alcohol free beer. And then I'll just have this conversation. And as you can probably tell, I love talking about it because yeah. I've always been like this. I'll discover something and I'll share it with the world. Mm. And so it's a, for me, it's a great opportunity to talk to people about being alcohol free, sadly. Yeah, yeah. So I have to I have to put a lid on it when I go out because, you know, people drink. That's their choice. Mm. Um, they don't want me coming in there with my billboard saying, hey, you should stop drinking. Um, but if people ask, yeah, look out. Yeah. <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> well, you know, like we say, People are entitled to their choice. There's no wrong or right or good or bad. But for those people who are considering either cutting down or going completely alcohol free, it's great to hear the benefits of somebody who's done that from drinking a considerable amount to completely changing your life to to not having any at all. But not only that, you're inspiring and helping so many people on a day to day basis because you're Inbox is sometimes inundated, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I get told every single day. Actually, it hasn't, hasn't actually happened today, but I haven't checked TikTok for a few hours. 
every day someone says, your content helped me quit drinking. And it's great when it's strange on the internet. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's amazing. Like every day, at least one person says, I've quit drinking because of you. And sometimes it's like, I've been, I'm three months sober. I watched a video. I saw something in you and me and I quit. And I'm like, wow. Mm. But just before Christmas, I got this message. which just, I broke down in tears. I was driving. I was listening to it. It's a voice note. And it's someone that follows me who was quite inspired by what I did. And I don't think they quit drinking, but they started working out a lot. And it's female. And they sent me a message and they said, I just wanted you to know that you inspired me to look after my health more. And I started working out more. And I started posting about it online because I saw you doing it. And I thought that would help me. And so that's what I did. And she said, I've lost weight and I feel amazing. And I was like, oh, what a great message. But that's not the bit that made me cry. She said, someone that follows me saw what I was doing. And they did the same thing. And they've lost five stone. Wow. And then their friend was inspired. And they did it as well. And they've lost two stone. And all of their families are now doing it. I'm like, holy crap. And then I suddenly realized, well, these 36,000 people on TikTok, the 3 million people that watch one of my videos, what have they done? Now I'm like obsessed with this kind of ripple effect of like, you share what you do, like you're doing here. You have no idea idea. who you are inspiring. (laughs) And if you put that goodness out there, you just, it does have that rippling effect. But everyone can do that meter. Like, it's not just me and you thing. Absolutely. Everyone is doing something incredible. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're doing something incredible. And if you're not sharing it with the world through social media or just Mm. a conversation, you can change someone's life with a smile in the street. I was talking to one of my team about this today. And I just think we've got so much, so much great things we can do as humans. And, alcohol aside i think a lot of us are asleep i don't think we realize the impact we can make and social media gives you such a great opportunity to inspire people and yet most people use instagram to kind of show off the highlights of their life and they don't share the lows and you know what being vulnerable online and sharing your ins and outs i'm a business owner i've got clients and i said i had a problem with drinking i was a drunk and i said that i shared that online and my business has grown people have bought from me because i shared that and some people have got more trust in me because of it being vulnerable being truthful sharing your true self is actually attractive or like it. They trust you more. And Absolutely. I think more people need to be honest. I really Absolutely. Do. I think it really builds that connection because people feel less alone. Mm. If you're honest, because nobody is perfect. No one has a perfect life. Everybody struggles. Yeah. So the more honest we are and the kinder we are, less judgmental that we are, it just, like you say, helps to build that trust. So, mm. you know, that's really inspiring to hear. Thank you for sharing that with us, Todd. And I have to say, what you're doing is incredible because I had another guest on in a previous episode, Fiona Murden, and she talked about role models. And role models are really important. And you you are a role model to all these Thank people you. who are struggling with their relationship with alcohol. And you're giving them hope and you're lighting the way for them. So what you're doing is really impactful and really, really incredible. So I just wanted to just say that. Thank you for, for doing what you do. Okay. And on that note, if somebody is really struggling right now and they're listening to this conversation and they're struggling with their relationship with, with alcohol or they have a partner who's struggling with it, what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them? It's such a personal thing. The, the two questions I always ask, two whys, like why do you want to stop and why are you doing it in the first place? And the two answers you'll get back will be wrong to start with and you have to keep asking why. If you've got children, you'll know about this. Why never stops? Why is yeah. this daddy? Why, why, why? I, my daughter did it to me the other day without realizing. She just kept asking why. You have to do that to yourself. Because when I worked out why I was drinking, I was looking for happiness, linked to a memory from my childhood. When I, once I got there, it wasn't that it was incorrect, I was happy, but I'd linked it to so many other things in my life. I was able to work with that. And then I knew why I wanted to stop. 
I wanted to be a successful person. Successful people don't drink. I wanted better profits in my business. I wanted to be more connected. I wanted to be a better person, a better father. I wanted to look good. Yeah, there was some vanity in there. I've lost four stoning weight. I look better. You I wanted do. You these look great. things. Yeah. Right? I want, thank you. I wanted these two whys, but I really, really meant them emotionally. It was an emotional, both of them were emotional. Do not approach it with willpower. It, it doesn't work. There's no mm. such thing as willpower. Yeah. There is, but it doesn't last very long. Yeah. Right? January the 10th, 11th, most people, God bless them, have quit their New Year's resolutions because they did it for the wrong reasons. Logical, it was a thing they saw on Facebook, their mates doing like, why? Why do you drink? Why do you want to stop? And you could probably do it with most things in your life yeah. as well, but it has to be an emotional reason and it's got to mean something to you. Like really means something really to you. Like a couple of times I've shared stuff with you in here and I've yeah. got goosebumps. I yeah. know it's true. My body's literally sending me a signal saying, you just dashed, but it's done it again. It's yeah. saying, look. <laughs> Find your why. Find your why. Find yeah. your why. I lo absolutely love that. That is so inspiring. So thank you so much for that. Is there anything else you would like to share with listeners before we say goodbye? And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure to chat with you and finally see you after so long. And I hope yeah. I don't have to see you in the treatment room again, but if you need <laughs> some... Uh, I'll just come in for a chat. Just come in for a chat anyway. But yeah. thank you so much. And is there anything else you'd like to share? Just, just be honest with yourself and don't be afraid to share your story. I think we underestimate sharing stories people love listening we've all learned by stories and i think a lot of people have got great stories to share and you don't have to quit drinking and lose force any weight like you can just do something great today and share that story like like be a better storyteller i think it's important brilliant thank you so much thank you i thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with todd i found it inspiring to hear when habits that may not be serving us have taken over we can regain control for better health, relationships and happiness. Like Todd says, be honest with yourself, be vulnerable and ask for support. There is always somebody who will listen and your story might inspire someone. I hope some of you found this episode helpful. If you are struggling with alcohol or know somebody who is, then please check out the links in the show notes. Remember, there is no shame in seeking help. I'll be back next week with another brilliant guest, so please make sure you're back here by following the podcast on Spotify or Apple. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share with a friend who might find it helpful. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. <laughs>